Hello, and welcome to the Christwalk Church Podcast. Second week, second Sunday of 2019, you have made it. Those of you that are fasting with us over these 21 days, you just got two more weeks to go. You got one week down, so it is all good. It is all good. Um, if you got your Bible, uh, I want to invite you to turn with me, or maybe you're using a smart device, swipe with me. Um, to the book of Galatians that is um, in the second big section of the Bible. It's called the New Testament. And about halfway through, you will find the book of Galatians. It's actually a letter that a man by the name of Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. And so someone creatively named it Galatians. And some of you will get that on the drive home. Um, you know, it's, it's been about a year. We're coming up on a year. I think today is day 343 that I have been the pastor of Christwalk Church. And I've discovered as that year has carried on, it has become a regular occurrence that um, I will see people from the church out in the community different places. And some of you I've, I've run into at like Publix or Lowe's or at a local restaurant, but nine times out of 10, if I'm going to bump into somebody from the church, it's going to be at Target. I've just like, I've just discovered like last week I saw three people from the church um, on, on Sunday afternoon, like right after church. Now, I don't know what really that says about you guys, but I know what it says, at least about me and my family, is that I feel like sometimes we kind of live at Target. Um, in fact, it's, it's gotten so bad that now when our car, when it turns into the parking lot of Target, I can actually feel my wallet begin to tremble <laughs> in my pocket. And the, the other day we were there and I was pushing the buggy, you know, here in the South, we call them the buggy, other people call them carts. I was pushing the buggy, and Sarah said, why did you get the buggy with the squeaky wheel? And I said, that's not a squeaky wheel. That is my debit card crying because it knows what is about to take place as you constantly fill it full, fill the cart full of things that we are going to have to buy. And um, I, I will admit, like, I do like to go shopping at Target, and, and so does the rest of my family. But there's, there's one member of our family that loves it I, 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times more than anybody else, and that's Avery. Avery regularly, um, uh, several times a week, she will ask us, can we go to Target? And she ain't got no money. She wants me to take her to Target and spend my money on her, and so I do because you know she's my princess, and she's got me wrapped around her little pinky finger, and we all know that. But listen, just because we know it doesn't mean we need to run and tell her after church later because she doesn't need to know it. But I've discovered, uh, I've, I've noticed a pattern here in in Avery's um, in Avery's life, and uh, when we go to Target, I, I've noticed something here recently. It does not matter what aisle we are on, she manages to find something that she is unable to live without. And, 
and I've thought about it a lot, and I've discovered that the reason that she's that way is because she takes after her mother, <laughs> who does the same exact thing. But Avery has managed, she's like managed to take it to a whole other level. Like the other day, we were in the men's shaving section, and she's like, Daddy, 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 Daddy. I've got to have this. And I'm like, Avery, you do not need an Old Spice shaving kit. And she's like, but I could use the bag. It's so cute. I could use it for my American Girl dolls. And then I could give you and Luke all the stuff inside of it. So it would really be like something for me and something for you. Like she's figured out how to work the system, you know, or sometimes when we're just dead, like, no, you are not getting anything. She'll try to get creative and get all sneaky. And she'll wait until me and her mama are like looking away or whatever. And she'll slip something into the buggy. And so we'll get up to the register and underneath the laundry detergent and the toilet paper, there'll be like Malibu Barbie dream house, you know? <laughs> and I look at Sarah and she looks at me, I, I didn't, and then we, you are not getting this, Avery. And she's like, but daddy, I need it, right? Right, it's not just I want it, but it's I need it. And you, you can identify, we've all got desires, right? We've all got desires. We, we have, there's, there's things in our life that make us happy. There's, there's things in our life that we look forward to, stuff that we hope for, something that gives us delight or that brings us enjoyment. We all have those kinds of things, those desires in our life. And last week we kicked off uh, part one of this series that we're calling Frequency, and it's simply about cutting through the noise in your life so that you can uh, more readily hear the voice of God. And in part one, we learned that the most consistent, reliable, healthy way to hear the voice of God in our lives is through reading the Bible on a regular basis. And it's important to note right here at the beginning that the Bible is the lens through which we look at everything else that the Lord speaks to us because God will never, ever contradict himself. So anytime he speaks to us, it will always be in alignment with what he has already communicated to us through his word. And while the Bible may be the primary way that he speaks to you and speaks to me, it's also not the only way. There are other ways that God speaks to us. So for the remaining weeks of this series, we are going to dive into what some of those ways might be and take a look at, at them and how they might apply to our lives. But God is never going to use one of those ways to say something different than what he communicates to us through scripture. And so the, the thing that we're going to talk about today is our desires, our desires, how God speaks to us through our desires. And in the Old Testament, David, in the book of Psalms, he wrote this, maybe, maybe he wrote it. I don't know. It's not up there on the screen. This is what David wrote in the Old Testament. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I've heard this verse quoted out of context a whole lot. <laughs> 
See, for some people, they read this verse and they interpret it to mean that God is on the hook to give them whatever they want. But we need to be careful in our interpretation of this verse because the truth is that, that all of our desires are not necessarily good. Everything that we want is not necessarily a good thing. So let's start by breaking this verse down by looking at the two main words of the verse. We have, we have desire and delight. All right, now delight says, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight means to give great pleasure, satisfaction, or enjoyment to, to please highly. And so when I read that, my first thought is, for all of us, is, is this how we feel towards God? Is God, if you really think about it, is God your source of delight? Is, is our satisfaction found solely in him? Because this is, this is what I think happens when we read that verse. We get so excited about the second part where it talks about God giving us the things that we want that we fail to look at the first part. We fail to figure out the first part and how it applies. See, first, before our desires become granted in our lives, we must first delight ourselves in the Lord. Now let's talk about that word desire. Desire means this. It means to wish or long for, to crave or to want. See, our, our desire is not necessarily the thing that we want, but rather it's the feeling. It's the craving. It's the, it's the aspiration that comes along with it, that's attached to it. It's, it's that rush of adrenaline that we get when we picture ourselves cruising around town in that red convertible. It's that feeling that we get when we, when we imagine him getting down on one knee and slipping that two-carat engagement ring on our finger. It is, it's that, that, that rush that we get when we think about sitting behind the desk in that corner office. But, but don't be confused or misled about what this verse is communicating, that what David was saying about God. This verse is not saying that God is going to fulfill every single desire that we have. God isn't some kind of cosmic vending machine that we just walk up to and we find the selection that we want and we push the button and then it's granted. He's not a genie in a lamp that we rub it and he comes out and grants us three wishes. That is not how God works. But we'd like it to be that way. In fact, I, this made me think of a recent um, State Farm insurance commercial that I saw, you, you, you've probably seen it. There's like three or four guys and they're sitting around in a living room and they're just hanging out. And then all of a sudden a rock comes through the window and like busts the window all to pieces. And one of the guys, um, while the other ones are like freaking out, one of them stays really calm and he just sings the jingle. You know, you can probably do it like a good neighbor. You guys are on top of it this morning. <laughs> And as soon as he gets the jingle out of his mouth, the insurance adjuster just appears out of nowhere. And the other three guys in the room are like, what? They're like, this is awesome. And so one guy says, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And can I get a sandwich? And right there on the plate in front of him, a sandwich appears. And then another guy says, how about the cute girl from 4E? And there she is 
on the couch next to him. And then my one man over in the back, he gets all Pentecostal and he goes, and can I get a hot tub? He like raises his hands and everything. Like he's over there having church and it falls through the ceiling and there it is. It's a hot tub like laying there. And and that's how we want God to act. That's, That's what we would like to think in the way that he answers our prayers that we just say, can I get this? And then it shows up. But, but we got to remember that all of our desires are not necessarily good ones. And this is the kind of thing that I see. I, I see that there's, there's people out there that we would ask God to like let us win the lottery so that we can erase years of poor financial habits that have led to an incredible amount of debt. Or, or we would ask God to let us marry that person that we are infatuated with, even though our attraction is simply physical and nothing else. For those students in the room, or maybe even some older people in the room, you've experienced this before. You've, you've sat down in a desk getting ready to take a test, and you've said, God, please help me pass. I know I didn't study, but please just supernaturally like point me to the right answers. And it's in these processes that we find ourselves like trying to bargain with God so that he'll give us the things that we want. And we say things like, if you'll do this for me, I promise next time I'll study extra hard. If you will do that, I promise I will never use my credit card again. God, if you will do this one thing for me. How many of you have said this? You don't have to raise your hand. Just think about it. If you'll do this one thing for me, I promise I will never ask you for another thing as long as I live. And we, we bargain with God to try to get the things that we desire. But that is not what God wants. God wants us to want the things that he wants. And what he wants is for us to want him, to delight in him. And here's what happens. As we begin to delight in him, it causes our desires to begin to shift, to begin to change, and to begin to align with the things that God wants for us, which in turn then opens the door that allows him to be able to give us the desires of our heart. Because if we desire the things that God wants for us, then it will be very easy for him to give us those things. When, when we begin to delight in the Lord, it causes him to download new desires, new cravings, new passions into our hearts so that we can take steps toward life change and to fulfill the purpose that he has placed in our lives. All right? So let's jump in now to the book of Galatians that I had you turn there earlier, chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 16. This morning I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. 
And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now, it's clear from this passage that there is a battle taking place inside of each one of us. There is a, a tug of war is kind of how I picture it in my mind. There is, there is the, the, the desires of the flesh on one end of the rope and the desires of the Holy Spirit on the other end of the rope. And we are caught somewhere in the middle being pulled back and forth. And it is this same tug of war, this same battle that Paul referenced in the, the book of Romans in chapter seven, where he talks about the things that I want to do, I do not do. And the, the bad things that I don't want to do are the things that I end up doing. And, and so he, he's, he's talking about constantly giving in to the thing that he doesn't want to give into and, and not being able to fulfill the thing that he does want to give into. And this is the war that is waging inside you, inside me, inside all of us. It's the tension between our bad desires, our good desires, and then the God desires that he is trying to download into our lives as we choose to delight in him. So let's take a look, if we can, at those three kinds of desires that the Lord can use to speak to us. And the first one of those, if you're taking notes this morning, is bad desires, bad desires. Now, if we're going to win this battle, if we're going to overcome this tug of war that is taking place inside of our lives, then we've got to be able to position ourselves to hear clearly from the Lord. What that's going to require is for us to own up to the fact that we have desires in our lives that are not good for us. Now, I'm not trying to point any fingers this morning. I'm not trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable or anything because this, this is something, truthfully, that it applies to all of us, every single one. You need to know that I am the pastor of this church. And yes, I am up front on this stage this morning, but I have bad desires in my life. Now, that may come as a shock to some of you. 
but I have bad desires in my life. And it does not matter how close to Jesus you get. It doesn't matter how hard you are chasing after him. You will always fight this battle of the the tug of war between the desires of the flesh and the desires of the spirit in your life. Recently, I was in a car with my family and we were driving along and I was witness to something that is one of my greatest pet peeves in the world. All right. Now, it's really something that's kind of stupid, but for some reason, it just gets all over me. Like, I just can't even explain. And I I saw this thing. I I witnessed this thing happen. And I said out loud, it was it was my whole family was in the car. I said out loud, I said, when I see that, it just makes me want to say a cuss word. And then there was about five seconds of tension-filled silence in the car. And the sweet, innocent little voice of my beautiful nine-year-old daughter from the back seat spoke up and said, Which one, Daddy? <laughs> See, she wanted to know how bad of a desire. Like, is it one of, you know, like the kids have figured out, like there's levels of cuss words. She wanted to know like how bad of an evil desire it was. Now, I can attest to you with my wife as my witness this morning that I did not say that cuss word, but I wanted to. I wanted to because we are full of bad desires. And and you've experienced this kind of thing in your life. Someone cuts you off in traffic and all of a sudden you have the desire to wave at them with one finger. (laughs) Right? A coworker crosses you and all of a sudden it just rises up in you. You have the desire to cut their legs out from under them with a burning insult. That feels so good. Or you have a run in with a, like an inept waiter or waitress or, or store clerk or whatever. And you have the desire to just punch someone in the throat. You know what I'm talking about? Like you do that. And I would dare say, I would dare say that there are some people gathered here this morning that don't just think about these desires, but some of you, if you were truthful, you've acted on them. Now, wives, quit elbowing your husbands in the ribs. One lady said, I think he's talking about you. No, no I'm not pointing fingers. See, it's not just that kind of stuff, it's sexual sins. It's drunkenness, it's impurity, jealousy, divisiveness. And in his list, Paul includes, and other sins like these. These are the bad desires that I'm talking about, and it's, all, it's stuff that, that every single one of us deals with. In, in James, a little bit later on in the New Testament, James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, James writes this, he says, Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It's these kinds of desires, these bad desires in our life that they actually drag us away from God and they they put us in a trap, which ultimately leads to our death. These kinds of things, they may feel great in the moment, but they lead to our demise. 
And, and God is trying to keep us away from these things, not because he doesn't want us to have good experiences, not because he doesn't want us to feel good in our life, but he's trying to protect us from the things that, that are, are going to lead to our death. And instead, he wants to fill us with things that are going to bring us joy and pleasure and satisfaction, the things that bring us closer to him. C.S. Lewis said this, We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. And I think sometimes God looks at the desires that we have in our heart and he says, really? Like, that's what you want? That's what you're fixated on? That's what you're choosing? You could have, you have access to, to so much more in and through me, but yet you're settling for something that is fleeting, something that's just going to last for just a few, a few moments. You're settling for these things when instead in and through me, you could be living your very best life. See, the world would tell us that if we fill up our lives with stuff and with sex and with money and with power and with popularity, with all the things that gratify our flesh, then we would be satisfied. But you know what? I've known a lot of people like that in my life, and there's not a single one of them that was ever happy. See, they were always after that next release, that next high, that next purchase, whatever it was, they could never, ever, ever get enough. But I came to tell somebody this morning that Jesus is enough. Jesus is all that we need. And when we delight in him, we begin to develop love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control in our lives. You show me someone who is developing the fruit of the Spirit, and I will show you someone who is living their best life. Because God wants to set you free from the desires of the flesh and exchange them for desires that will allow you to live the abundant life that Jesus talked about in John chapter 10. He said, I have come that they may have life, life to the full. That's what he wants for you and me. But these bad desires, they're only, they're only half the battle. Because not only do we have bad desires going on in this tug of war, we've got good desires as well. See, these good desires come from, fact, come from the fact that God created us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to desire to worship him. In fact, a, a lot of you are here this morning out of that desire to worship God with your lives. But you need to know that our worship of God, our relationship with him, it doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning. It doesn't just happen when the band leads us in a song. It doesn't just happen when the incredibly handsome pastor gets up to deliver a message out of the word of God. That's not the only time that those things happen. This, what we're experiencing right now, it's just a small part of what should be taking place every single day of our lives. God created us to live a life that is full of joy and passion as we seek to experience the fullness of everything that he has in store for us. 
It's why we have these natural desires inside of us to explore and to create and to do things like eat delicious food. Yes, that's right. God created your taste buds and he wants you to eat something other than salad. Can I get an amen? God created pleasure and he intends for us to experience that pleasure. He wants us to have a life worth living, right? He wants us to have a life worth living. In fact, if you are not living a life worth living, then you are not honoring God with your life. You're actually living outside of his will for you. So somebody in here needs permission. Later on this afternoon, you need to worship God with a cupcake or a donut or something and just give him the glory. Unless, of course, you're fasting sweets and then you need to wait two more weeks before you participate in that kind of worship unto the Lord. See, here's the rub with our good desires. If we're not careful, these good desires that are given to us by God can easily become our God in place of him. This means things like comfort and money and sex and friendship and travel and talent and the perfect house and the perfect spouse. These things are all good gifts from a loving God, but in and of themselves, they are not God. See, we we can't place our hope and our trust in these things because ultimately they're going to let us down each and every time. Rather, God has given us these things, these good desires, these good gifts to reveal to us that he is a good and loving father who wants to give his children good things, good gifts, good desires so that they can enjoy their lives as they delight in him but these blessings should always point us and others in his direction. So we've got this tug of war taking place. We've got good desires on one side, bad desires on the other, back and forth, back and forth. And then in the midst of this, we have God trying to download the third kind of desire into our hearts, and that is God desires. These are things in our lives, our our passions, our desires, the things that make us uniquely us. They're they're part of our God-given design that has prepared us to fulfill God's purpose in our lives. When Paul wrote in Galatians, when he said, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives, this is what he was talking about. Now, my, my grandfather was a pastor. In fact, at one point, he pastored the church that Pastor Ryan and I grew up in in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I can remember the day that I told him that I believe the Lord was calling me in to ministry. He set me down and he looked me in the eye. And this is what he said. He said, if you can do anything else and be happy, do that. If you can do anything else and be happy, do that. But I quickly discovered that I couldn't do anything else and be happy. Like, this is just what God made me to do. God has given me a passion for ministry, a passion for people. He's he's placed a desire in me to preach the word of God. He's placed a desire in me to see 
the hearts and lives of people be changed and move in the direction of their heavenly father. Now, honestly, at the age of 15, when I was called into ministry, some of you have heard that story. When you're 15 years old, you, you really don't know if like things are going to pan out, you know, the way that you think they're going to. I certainly never thought that I would be the lead pastor of a church. I for sure didn't think that I would ever get the opportunity to pastor a church in Fernandina Beach, Florida. Like with my luck, it would have been like Northern Alaska, you know. And had God called me there, I would have gone, but I would have been really, really cold and kind of mad at him. But I would have gone. But nonetheless... I leaned in to the passion that God placed in my heart. It was that same passion that caused me to move to Jacksonville, Florida in 2004 and take a job at a church there working with a pastor named John Morgan. And it was through that relationship with John Morgan that I met another pastor named Jim Chamberlain. And it was during that time in Jacksonville that Sarah and I discovered that we would really love, instead of Duval County, we would really love to live in Nassau County, Florida. And now here I am, some 14 years later, with a career I never thought I'd have, in a position I never thought I'd be in, in a place that I never thought I'd live. And we just bought a brand new house on top of it. And it's all because I leaned into and followed the passion, the desire that God had placed in my heart. Bob Goff says it this way, great author. If you haven't read any of his books, I would encourage you, like, go get Love Does and just soak in. Bob Goff says, figure out what fuels your joy and then do lots of that. Figure out what fuels your joy and then do lots of that. That's how you can see um, God's voice in your life through your desires. That's how he reveals his voice to you through your desires. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got a passion to see sick people get well. Maybe God's calling you to be a nurse or a doctor. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and, and you have a passion to lead people into the presence of God through song. Maybe God's calling you to be a worship pastor. Maybe you're here today and, and you have a passion to place the beauty of God's creation on display for other people to enjoy. Maybe, maybe God's calling you to be a florist or a, a landscaper. Maybe you're here this morning and you just want to help kids. You've got this passion to help kids to, to grow and learn and develop. Maybe God's calling you to be a teacher or a daycare worker. What skills has God given you? What, what talents has he blessed you with? What is it that you just love to do more than anything else? Whatever it is you're passionate about, lean in and see where it might lead. See how God might use that thing in your life. An example of this, there's, there's a guy that goes here, his name's Stephen. Some of you probably know him. I've known Stephen for about a year and a half. The beginning of 2018, Stephen decided that he was going to get serious about his walk with Christ, and he kind of jumped in with both feet. He started serving here at Christ's Walk in our guest services um, on our guest services team, like out of the, the orange tent, the hospitality greeters, coffee, the, um, the parking team, and, and all of that. He, he started serving. He came in as the low man on the totem pole. You know, he's brand new and looked kind of like a deer caught in headlights a little bit, trying to figure it all out. And that was about a year ago. 
He just leaned in and he said, I, I feel like this is something that God's calling me to do with my life. And so he started taking those steps. And then this morning I saw Stephen training at the big orange tent, some new people that had just joined the team that he had joined a year ago. And he was showing them the ropes and explaining to them, this is how we go about doing things. That transition that's taken place over the course of 12 months in a young man's life. It was a couple months ago, he came to me and we were talking about some, some vision, some goals, some dreams that he had in his life, some things that I had in mind and some things for the church and everything. And, and this is what he said. He said, I, I, don't, I don't know what my place is. I don't, I don't know what it looks like. But, the, but when, when I hear you talk about the church and the things that you, you desire to see God do in and through our church, this is what I know. I want to be a part of that. And he said, would it be okay with you if... Like, I don't know, if maybe like once or twice a week, I just came into the church and just volunteered for a couple hours, like during, during, during the week in the office or whatever. <laughs> would it be okay? <laughs> what? Of course it would be okay. You come here. And so for, for the past several weeks, like he's been showing up once or twice a week and just been helping us do some things and, and uh, helping, helping Lois in the office or helping me or Pastor Ryan or whoever, you know, just helping us take care of some of this stuff that is taking place around here. And, and you know, I, I don't really know what him doing that, like what opportunities that's going to open up for him. I don't know. I haven't, I, I can't foresee the future and know exactly where he's going to end up because of that. But this is what I do know. He came to me and he said, you know what? I, I love my job. I like what I get to do. I love that it helps me to, to, to pay the bills and provide for my family. But man, the thing that brings me the most joy is just being at church. And so this is what I do know. Stephen has discovered his passion and he's leaning into it. And when we lean into those God desires, that, that God-given passion in our lives, we can never go wrong. You always open the right doors for us to walk through. He's always going to put us in a position to excel and to succeed because those are the God desires that he's placing in and through us. And you all need to know you have a destiny. God has created you to become something. But you and I have to lean into those God desires in our heart and that's where we'll begin to hear him speak in our lives. Maybe you're here today and you've got some of those bad desires in your heart. As we were talking about that, like you just felt the Holy Spirit just, hey man, that's you, just tapping you on the shoulder. I wanna encourage you to ask God to help you overcome those desires and, and to change them by downloading something new in their place. Maybe you're here today and You've allowed some good desires, some, some blessings that God has placed in your life. You've allowed those things to, to, to shift and become gods in your life. And rather than worshiping the God that has given you those things, you've started to worship those things instead. I want to encourage you to ask God to help you make a shift in your focus so that those blessings wouldn't overshadow the God that has given them to you. Maybe you're here today. And you're trying to make sense of the God desires, the passions that God's placed inside of you. Maybe it's a place, a person, a calling, a career. I want to encourage you. 
Ask God to give you clarity as to how he's wanting to use that passion in your life, that passion in your heart to fulfill his purpose. And then take a step of faith toward being obedient to whatever that, may be, that, that might be. Maybe somebody here needs to go back to school. Maybe somebody here needs to start a small group that meets in their home or some other place. Maybe, maybe somebody here needs to go on a missions trip. Maybe you need to accept that new job, whatever it may be, that thing that God is stirring in your heart. Take a step of faith. Because whatever situation we find ourselves in today, I believe that God is speaking to us through the desires of our hearts. But we can't ignore it. Instead, we have to lean into it and ask us or ask him to help us hear what he's trying to say. And who knows? Maybe one day, as you do that, you'll find yourself becoming someone you never thought you'd be, doing something you never thought you'd do, living in a place that you never thought you'd live. If we will delight in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. Amen? The first step to delighting in the Lord is to enter into a relationship with him. It's the first step to him revealing himself to you through these desires. The first step to him downloading his new desires into your heart and life. If you're here this morning and can't think of a better way for you to start out 2019 than in a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's you this morning, the good news is, is that it's, it's, it's not difficult. It's not like trying to solve algebra or calculus or anything. It's literally as easy as A, B, C. Admit, believe, choose. We admit that we're a sinner in need of salvation. We believe on Jesus, that he was God's son, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose from the grave on the third day, defeating death and hell in the process. And then we choose to make him the Lord of our life and surrender ourselves to him. If that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer along with me. Do we have that prayer? Can we put it on the, on the screen behind me? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Christ died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. And I choose to follow Jesus in his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. At Christ Walk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. For more information about Christ Walk, please visit us at thechristwalk.com.